Hi, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm cold. How are you? Uh, I am also cold, but I'm cold in a different way. So uh, I am coming to you live from uh, California. We are bi-coastal, uh, if you count the Allegheny River as one of the coasts. Yeah, we I do. We are a bi-coastal, <laughs> bi-coastal podcast today. Um, I'm also on a different mic today, mm. which is live, so you can hear <laughs> lots of... I- What's funny is through the Zoom, you've been doing the, I mean, truth be told, we've been doing the the setup for this show for like 10 minutes now, and you keep talking about how it's ASMR, but on the Zoom, I can't hear any of it. So like, it's just a whole lot of you doing this to yourself on camera. It's very loud to me, and I gotta, when I laugh, I have to look up like a crazy person, like as I rear my head back, because if I laugh into the mic, it, uh, it, it's a big uh, loud sound, which I had to edit out, so that was annoying. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so I am in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California. Mm, city, um, city of Angels. C- city of Angels. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you picked um, you pick the absolute right time to get out of Pittsburgh. It's been nothing yeah. but horrid. This- it's bone cold. It's that that I don't mind the cold. Uh, I'm on the record of enjoying the cold from time to time, but there is a bone deep cold that you usually get in like January. Yeah. And it was uh, like yesterday, it was so cold mm-hmm. uh, that it really just like you can feel it in your bones. Like it is, it is stunningly cold. And it's going to be high of 75 today. In uh, Los Angeles. In the 80s. Yeah. But screw it, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles. I mean, at least here in Pittsburgh, we get back to the 50s tomorrow, which is like seasonably appropriate for this time of year i would say oh i thought you were just having like a back to the 50s dance that you're oh yeah yeah we're doing a doo-wop yeah we have so there uh, listeners will be treated to there any number of oddly peculiar things about this new church that i'm calling home one of which is back in the 50s and 60s they had that when they installed the gym we have a gymnasium downstairs and they used a special floor that is specifically designed to not get destroyed by roller skates. Oh, man. And so we have downstairs a, like, straight flashback to when you went to the roller skating rink and rented your roller skates. We have a room yeah. filled stem to stern with all kinds of roller skates. Some roller blades, but I'm talking legitimate yeah. four by four. Out- outline skates. Yeah. That's yeah. what we should call them, by the way. <laughs> Not inline skates, outline skates. Yeah, they're yeah. outline skates. Start, start, start it now. You yeah. Be, like, only refer to them as that, and then uh, you'll build it among the Beulah culture so it of ha- outline skating. It hasn't happened yet because I've been busy, you know, in the transition, but I am just going to take a lunch break someday and go down when there and skate. When I come visit you yeah. at your church, I, I insist that we skate. Yeah. Uh, I love skating. I spent so much of my childhood at the – so I grew up in Iowa. Uh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and the big thing, I mean, it was a small town, Midwest, and there wasn't much to do for, like, middle school kids, but there was a roller skating rink, Yeah, and it was great, and it was what every kid in, like, <clears throat> probably fifth grade, maybe third grade, third grade through, like, sixth grade. The sixth graders were getting a little old, but, like, that's what you get. Every every kid, Friday and Saturday, definitely Friday, but also kind of Saturday, you'd go there and you just, your kids, would, your parents would drop you off, and you'd just, like, skate. Yeah. all night and it was great and there were no real there was only a couple kids who had rollerblades most of it was you're renting the the skates from there and man it was fun and they had couple skates 
and uh, so you would like go out with someone just for the night, basically, so yep. that you would have a couple skate partner. Or they also had a stag line, what they called, which is you could skate around with the broom. <laughs> no wonder we wound be, up so yeah, screwed that, up as a generation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah, and I think the stag line was only for guys. Now that I, or at least there were only guys in it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh. Well, maybe that was just you, and you know they didn't they didn't want you to feel embarrassed. They put you in the stag. No, there was always a long line for the stag line to skate around with the broom. You only got one turn around. You got two, I think, two times around with the broom. Wait, not only are you not only in the stag line, but you can only have the broom for like a minute because the line's so long. Yeah, yeah, that's depressing. And it's really just for the one song to be out there skating while nothing compares to you plays. Uh, and all the couples are skating around, or it must have been Love by Roxette. Like that, the, <laughs> those were the choices, and it was it was pathetic to not skate. Yeah. So you had to be out there. It was not pathetic to skate around with the broom. I was just. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I want to. I want logic, you to revisit that sentence. Yeah. In, it it in, was in Iowa in 1990. Uh, that's what it. That's what it looked like. Um, yeah. yeah, good times. I love what, good roller skating rink. You know what, Tyler? I mean, I'm just going to say it's uh, it's Thanksgiving time. It's time for our top ten list, and we always go long with this. So I think we do. maybe we should just give the people what they want and dive right into I it. I think we know? should. Yeah, with that, that's a good idea. I'm Tyler. I'm Jay. And this is Roughing the Pastor. The third annual? Third annual. This is the fourth annual. Oh, my. We did a 2019, a 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a 2021. So starting in 2019, this is the year the podcast started. Podcast started April of 2019. Uh, we went real hard for that first year, which was great. Yeah, we did. I'd love to get back to that. Uh, we're, we're rolling, man. We're rolling. Yeah. We're yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so in 2019, and we just kind of like on a whim, we're like, things to be thankful for. Let's come up with 10. I don't know why we did uh-huh. 10. So, and again, dear listener, here's the, it's just things during the last calendar year that we are thankful for. It's not necessarily things that came out in that year, but right. things that we were thankful for. Uh, but some of them, many of them are things that came out that year. Now, hang on. Who brought you? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler was just gifted a large iced coffee. Uh, oh, what else do you have? This is, this is, oh my God. Gosh, where'd you get that? This is from Honey Donuts uh. In, uh, in Los Angeles. This is a uh, croissant. Yeah, by all means, feel free to chew right in your very loud microphone. <laughs> all right, are we ready to dive into the 2022 list? Yeah, well, let me let me begin because I was hinting at this the whole way around. Uh, number 10, mm-hmm. you will notice, dear listener, that the first uh, top 10 list from 2019 included... Uh, newspapers on the ipad then they went to physical newspapers then newspapers disappeared i'm off the physical newspaper thing just because the post gazette is horrible uh in pittsburgh 
So I canceled that subscription. And then the New York Times is just way too expensive to keep up an everyday subscription. So I went mm-hmm. to the, the weekend subscription, which came sometimes. It was mm-hmm. very spotty on when it showed up and when it didn't. So I have fallen in love with all my news. My, my source of news uh, of choice is the Apple News app, which does mm-hmm. a pretty solid job of curating lots of different voices. So I get, you know, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. I get CNN. I get mm-hmm. Fox News. I get, you know, a little bit of everybody. And hopefully there's some truth in the middle there somewhere. But so I've mm. gone digital to analog, back to digital. I anticipate that the 2023 list will include some sort of physical newspaper. Yeah. You, know? you yeah. are wrestling with how to consume your news. Yeah. I don't like watching it. I'll go that far. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't like watching it on TV. But I like listening to it. I, I listen to it. Like NPR is probably the where I get the most stuff. But I... <clears throat> Still subscribe to the Post-Gazette physical. I think mainly, like, that's what started my newspaper thing. We talked about this before, uh, is that I got the Post-Gazette because the Trib... So there's the Tribune Review and the Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh. The Tribune Review stopped printing a physical copy. And then the Post-Gazette went down, I think at that point, to, like, five days a week uh, or four days a week. And um, they... uh, I was like, oh, I have always wanted to have a... when I grew up, my dad always got the paper and I always thought like, it's kind of unnecessary, but I want to support journalism. And I also want to ride this wave as it's going to die probably in the next couple of years. So I got a subscription to the Post-Gazette. It immediately went down to two days a week or three days a week and then two days a week. Um, And it's problematic now because of uh, the owners are kind of terrible. Um, the the like reporters are good but like the ownership is terrible and there's a strike where they don't want to pay people enough and so that wasn't the printers and stuff weren't getting paid and like it's really uh i canceled a couple times uh but then they keep offering it back and i keep getting it exclusively because the sunday paper comes with a an insert of the comics for the week yes so you get like a comics newspaper and my kids love it, especially uh, my youngest. It, like it is his like business paper. Like he gets, <laughs> and it's just crosswords and, and comics, and it's like eight or nine pages of comics, and it's great. Yeah. Um. So I keep almost canceling it, but it's one. It's like stupid cheap, and uh, uh, the comics are great. So I get that, and I do get the New York Times still because I have too much. I have too much news coming into me <laughs> at all times. Yeah. So I need to be, get to. I did Apple News for a little bit. Yeah, I did do Apple News for a little bit, and it was I was just trying to get off the screen. I think I like what the physical thing is. It gets me off the screen, but I, you can't keep up with it. Like, even reading the poll paper from stem to stern is it's like a couple hours of your day. Like, yeah. that's that's a lot of time. That's impossible. Um, yeah. I like that one, though. I, I, I'm interested in the – because Apple keeps wanting me to do the Apple News. Um, I do like the New York Times digital subscription. That's probably – when I do get rid of the physical one, I'll just go to the digital. That's what I Because I do – yeah, I like the crosswords, and I do check their news. Uh, I even with the with the physical one, you get the online stuff anyway. So like, uh, I am regularly it's it's my like landing page when I open up um, Chrome. So it, it's yeah. yeah, big fan of that. I like it. My t- number ten is a very adult thing. Uh, so I've had to Wait, in the last the four months. After dark? Or oh yeah, no, doing? very adulting, not oh, okay. not yeah, very right. like uh, <laughs> scandalous. NC seventeen. Uh, this is very boring. Like like young Tyler would be like, that's the dumbest thing to be excited about. 
So I've had to spend a lot. I've had, as an adult, you have seasons where just like you have tons of bills. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, you'll get away with like um, tons of money that you weren't expecting. Not tons of money, but little bits of money. So you'll have a season where you're like, oh, I forgot about this. Or like, oh, someone, like you got a bonus for something. Or hey, you did like three funerals in a row, which is sad, but that means like you have money from funerals. And so like just stuff that you weren't expecting, but then more often than not, you have a bunch of things break all at once or stuff yeah. like that. So <laughs> I, the last four months have just been a thousand dollars a month of something Ugh. that I wasn't expecting. Uh, and uh, hopefully that time is done. Uh, I was going to say that does I'm tend to come in waves out of for one. some reason. Yeah. You know? But out of that came, so I have this house that I really like, but the nice thing, the thing about the house is when I bought it, everything worked, but everything just barely worked. It's like uh, in elementary school when you had a pencil that was like, you could still use it, but like the next time you had to sharpen it, it would be too small to use. Like, you know that you're going to need a pencil, even though it works right now. Kind of that, that situation. Great analogy. Uh, and uh, so, and everything in the house was just like a, a pencil where the, the, the eraser was flat, like it, it, had, it had been erased all the way down to the bottom, but the pencil still wrote just enough. And so the teacher's like, you ever have a pencil? You're like, yeah, I got this one, I guess. Like, you're, we're good. <laughs> um, so everything is going to break. Uh, the, the furnace, I had the furnace uh, serviced and, and fixed up and it cost $400. Uh, and in the process of that, they were like, yeah, this furnace is 30 years old, as is your air conditioning. And I was like, so how much, how, like, can you ballpark how much? And they're like, maybe a couple years, but like, these are gonna, you got need to start getting ready for, and that's like $10,000. So yeah, it's we'll see cheap. how that, how that works. Yeah. Um, but I knew that going into it, that was like, it's an old furnace and it, and it works. And they're like, it for what it's worth, it's still working. So keep going with it. But the same thing with the washer and dryer and the, the dryer broke like dead and they were probably 20 years old and I looked up like how much it cost to fix a dryer in there and every source was like if your dryer is older than seven years old it is not worth don't bother like especially worth older than 10 um because they were saying like the cost of fixing it is uh everything else like once you fix it something else will break because all of that stuff is going to break and like washers and dryers are better now so I needed to get a new dryer and it was suddenly and and not having a dryer means you can't wash clothes effectively um and so that was that was a big bummer i had to like go to my mom's house to to use her washer and dryer to which fortunately she's kind of close so i did have that that luxury i didn't have to go to a laundromat but um i found a a a dryer that was a lot more expensive than i thought and they were on back order so it was coming late but then i remember that i have costco Mm-hmm. And Costco in the store, all the dryers were like $4,000. They were like luxury cars. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, but then I looked online and they had like this amazing deal. And for the same price as the dumb Home Depot dryer that it was on back order, they had a brand new washer and brand new dryer hey. with delivery for the same price, for like $50 more. Uh, and so I was able to get a brand new washer, a brand new dryer, uh, Samsung. Um, Ooh. And, uh, it, so the thing that makes me excited is I am so excited about it. Like every time I do laundry, it makes me very happy. And these are the kind, my old ones were like real, they were again, real old, probably from the nineties. Um, but my washer and dryer both sing songs yep. when they're done as new washers and dryers do. And the song is so lovely and pleasant. And it reminds me of, uh, if you've ever read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or seen the movie, there are doors <clears throat> on one of the spaceships that give 
satisfied like sighs every time they they're just so happy to do their job they just go ah every time you walk through them, and like the one guy gets like the android who's depressed all the time gets really annoyed with them because they're so happy about their job he's like you're so stupid so like, wait just like just to be very clear is is your is your item the washer and dryer or is it the song i mean it might be the song i yeah. think Ultimately, it's the washer and dryer because every time I go in my my and I've had them for over a month now, so it's not just like new car smell. Like it, I am so happy about these things because I'll probably have them for the next like ten or fifteen years. So like it's nice that like this is the beginning of a season where these this is my washer and dryer. Yeah, and I really like them. I I, I didn't really. I got a good deal, but I didn't feel like I compromised on them because I don't need a washer and dryer to do a whole lot. But I do want it to be good, and I they're it's more efficient than my old ones were. Like it's everything about it feels great. They wash and dry really nice. Everything comes out really good. Uh, they're huge. Uh, like they can fit a big a big massive load of laundry. And uh, but the song the mm-hmm. song does make my heart sing, and it makes me feel so good. And it makes me feel like it's so happy when they when you turn them on they sing a song. When you turn them off they sing a song. And it's just it, it is definitely there was a psychological thing that went into the design of that that made yeah. you feel like they are pleased to do the work. Yep. And I love it. So that's my my number ten is my new washer and dryer. The song that, the song that, that they play by the yeah, specifically. I if you yep. feel bad for feeling like adulting over that, just imagine how I feel sitting here listening you to you describe the new washer and dryer going wow that sounds really nice like <laughs> yeah oh it's the best I, 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 highly I recommend get on that uh nine my number nine this year in particular i took a, a leap of faith and uh the jury is still out as to whether or not i'm really happy with this leap of faith but uh, uh it made the top 10 list anyway i purchased back in may a 2016 volkswagen e-golf which is a totally electric car uh, oh my goodness I, I took the dive into picking up an electric car almost entirely as a financial choice not uh, not that I mind the environmental impact because there's still some questions there but uh, with the car payment that I was going to make on this car it was less than I was spending every month in gas to nice. own a new car uh, yeah. and it's great it's a nice little zippy thing it's fantastic it is kind of like the original iPhone of electric cars. Like, you can tell this is going somewhere great, but it hasn't made it there yet. Uh, so, like, I don't have fast charging. I only have 80 miles of range. Uh, so, like, I have to plan accordingly. Uh, you get refilled mm-hmm. every day, but you only get 80 miles. The real sticker, and this is why I'm, I'm putting an asterisk next to this one at this point in the year, cold weather... Mm-hmm. very much reduces the range. Uh, yeah. So now I'm shooting at about 65 or 70 miles of range a day, which is just north of unsustainable. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate there. where it's headed. I think it's a good thing for the for the world uh, to be mm-hmm. moving in these directions. Some of the cars that I've been researching, looking at what the next one will be, I'm like, ooh, I think this is headed in a very good direction uh, mm-hmm. to, to be able to fast charge longer range uh, all the things i love I about this car will get better yeah i think that like coming i think next month or uh next year um the the like the new administration signed a bunch of like 
environmental stuff. And I think you can get like a huge tax break on getting one of those superchargers installed in your house. Yeah. Like it, it will become exp- exponentially cheaper mm-hmm. to do that kind of stuff because they'll be subsidized. So yeah, I and think tr- you're on the winning side of this, but it, it is. Oh, it's, it, it's from, a, interesting. Again, from a yeah. financial standpoint, it's easy. I think I did the math at one point and came up with like 30 cents per gallon. If you were trying to make mm-hmm. an equation of what I'm paying in electricity versus what gas would have been like, it's, it's, stupid cheap um mm-hmm. yeah the environmental question is a little different because like you still have to produce the electricity and that creates emissions and it's the, the everything i read kind of goes back and forth on whether it's actually any better for the environment to do an electric car but i don't know it seems it to me just as i sit more and more in traffic and watch everybody else's tailpipes spewing crap into the air and i'm yeah. not um yeah, yeah. It's disconcerting how quiet they are. Uh huh. I frequently at first you're moving. You're like, am I in neutral? Like, because you are just rolling, or like, did I not turn the car on? Like, it's very oh frequently. Free. I'm very glad. One the best feature of this car is that it beeps if you open the door while the ignition's still on. Because I can't tell you how many times I get to where I'm going and just like, well, time to go and (laughs) step out and completely forget that the car is still running. Um, Oh man. So, yeah, they're very fun and they're very fast because they're light. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a joy to step on the gas pedal of this car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like which, a go-kart. Incidentally, uh, because it's an e-golf, uh, we and our family named it. We don't usually name cars in a way that it sticks, but this one really has. Mm-hmm. That's Arnold, as in Arnold Palmer, uh, <laughs> the the golf cart. So, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I like it. I am happy. You should have named it after like a Mario Kart car. Oh, you still can. Next one, yeah. No, the kids. Yeah. The kids locked oh, on Arnold. Arnold. We don't talk about taking the blue car or that car or Dada's car. It's, it's just taking, Arnold. Are we taking Arnold today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. Nice. My number nine is, uh, which has um, uh, the. Uh, it's my show and tell because it's got <laughs> the the physical thing. I don't know. I don't know why you took a bite. Yeah, this wow. is like your wow, turn to shine, talk. buddy. Yeah. So I, um, my number nine is a general catch-all, <clears throat> but it's food in Los Angeles. Ooh. So. I'm about to get really jealous, huh? Yeah, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in Los Angeles um, over the last year and a half. I came out here for a study leave and um, connected with uh, a lovely lady named Christine Wagner, which fans of the podcast uh, may rem- remember from the Taylor Swift episodes. Um, and, uh, and we've been dating for the past uh, year and a half and that is a, a hard thing to do uh when you live on separate coasts again yeah. if we if we count the allegheny river as one of the coasts and, and we um, do and we do yeah we do um but we have made it work uh in very exciting ways and and kind of like the relationship is a lot better than it would have been had we had the ease of proximity um but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other podcast. Anyway, yeah. going really well. Uh, I'm back in L.A. I, ha- I mean, I, I've uh, gotten used to some of the local eateries and not just like the trendy places. And specific, I'll, I'll shout out three places specifically. Um, there's a place that I'm eating from right now. So uh, this this is Vietnamese coffee and then a, a breakfast sandwich that is a huge, like the size of this big. You all can see my hands right now, right? Uh, it's like the size of... I don't know what that is. Maybe like a like a frisbee golf like disc. Mm-hmm. 
Because everybody knows what those look like, too. I just um, want to underscore that while you're talking about this, I just peeled the worst clementine in my life. So I'm just jealous nice. on a whole bunch Call of Call Guinness. Oh, terrible. Let them know. Uh, <clears throat> so Honey Donuts is a Vietnamese place in um, in Los Angeles, and it's uh, like has breakfast, and their donuts are really good, too. Their donuts are huge, but even better than their donuts are their breakfast sandwiches. Mm. Just amazing and huge, and you can kind of eat it over the course of a day, or you can eat it all at once, which is the better thing. And Vietnamese coffee, which is so good, like condensed milk and coffee, oftentimes like chicory coffee, and then a ton of ice. Yeah, and you can drink it too fast is the problem. So I have to sip it very. Yeah, be gentle. Sounds like this. <laughs> um. So that that was one place. Uh, there is a place called I think it's called El Tio Tacos. And it is literally just a taco truck that is close to where Christine lives. And, and every time we come by, it's there at night. Like, it's just always parked in the same spot, except during the day. They must have to move it. Uh, and I think they park a junky old truck, like a pickup truck there, so nobody parks there during the thing. It's right by this gas station right off of, uh, I think, the 110. Um, but it's uh, it's amazing. And, uh, like, I got in last night at 1130 and we stopped there and got tacos, and, which in my brain was like three in the morning. Yeah. And it's really, really great. And it's like ma- like the most authentic tacos that you've ever had out of a truck. Like it is they, – they uh, give you your order in Spanish, um, and they call out your order in Spanish. So you have to like uh, – like when they call out in Spanish and you don't say it, you'd like 30? And they're like, yeah, it's 30. Um, <laughs> So that that is fantastic, and another great place is uh, a place called Mr. Dragon Noodle, which has cool. uh, uh, Singapore noodles, which are the best. But um, having the chance to really experience uh, the, just the general overall thing is being able to experience lots of different places to eat. I've also experienced a lot of Pittsburgh um, that I haven't in the last year. I mean, the last two years yeah. that I that kind of one of the benefits to this new season in life uh, or one of the byproducts uh, to kind of this hard season is that my my life patterns have changed. And so I have different time. I mean, my kids are older too, but I have half the time without kids, which sucks as someone who loves my kids and loves being around my kids. But rather than just being sad, which I did for nine seasons of Night Court, um, <laughs> I have found that I can also just do stuff in the city. Hi, uh, this is Editor Tyler speaking to you from the future. And actually, what you just heard about Night Court was in reference to something that we cut out from uh, a big chunk that we were talking about that was kind of boring. Uh, but in order for it to make sense, I'm going to put just that chunk back in. We talked about Night Court a long time ago, but I don't think we fully explained it. And we talk about it again later. So here you go. If we ever had merch, I want a T-shirt that just says Night Court Tyler. Night Court uh, Tyler. I can't remember how much we've actually talked about it on the show because it's been edited out just for time uh, a bunch. But I'll say it very clearly because I can't remember if we've ever fully said it. Night Court Tyler refers to a period in Tyler's life uh, just after the divorce, which was right around this time. So uh, in 2021, uh, I got I got divorced in 2020, uh, and then in 2021 was the first full calendar year that I was on my own. And so the first, especially, I moved into my house uh, in December of 2020. And uh, so I had the coldest, darkest months of the year, the bluest years, months of the year to be on my own for the first time, and especially half the week without kids. So it was very, it's a very gloomy time. We're still in lockdown at that point, too, pretty much. And so not really seeing people and stuff. And 
uh, in the course of that, I decided to get the the sitcom, the full sitcom Night Court from the 80s, which is nine seasons of this show that's like both funny and stupid and like problematic in misogynistic ways and certain things, like very much a product of the 80s, but also feels like a middle school play. Like it's very, it's lovable and kind of like charming and, but also like uh, we shouldn't, there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I watched the entire series over the course of those couple of months. And so it, it was, and it brought me comfort. So it wasn't like sad that I was watching it, but it was like kind of what I needed. But it, re- so Night Court Tyler refers to that period in my life where I was like learning, like I was, I was healing. Yeah. So it was a healing time, but I was, very, that was the saddest I've been. So whenever we talk about Night Court Tyler, like he's doing okay, but he's just kind of accepted that his life was just, uh, he's, he has peaked. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't live as Night Court Tyler anymore, but I still like that show. Okay, that's enough of that. Now back to the regular part of the podcast. And having someone who is new to the city uh, with me who wants to see the city has made me kind of learn the city a lot. And so I've mm. spent some time at some restaurants in the city um, that I uh, wouldn't have known about otherwise. So there's a lot of really cool places in Pittsburgh. Uh, <clears throat> just being able to experience new food has been really exciting. But especially there, I'm now familiar enough that every time I come back to LA that there's there are three places that we always go in addition to the other cool places so food in LA nice I'm hungry now Mm -hmm. yeah terrible Clementine uh number eight for me I always I try and always include a YouTube personality and I don't know if you know this one Tyler I'd be curious if you watch him too this guy by the name of Mm -hmm. Rick Beato Mm -mm. oh you should get into Rick Beato. It looks like it. The last name looks like it's Beato, like B E A T O. And I got turned on to it. He does. A, he's a music producer, who I'm not sure that he's done anybody outrageously famous or anything like that. But his YouTube channel is he breaks down what makes this song great. Is the series that he's most famous for. Mm-hmm. So he'll just take apart a song. So the first one I got into was Nirvana's "Smell Like Teen Spirit." Um, mm. And he has isolated all the tracks, so like you can pull out just the guitar, just the vocals, just the drum part, whatever. Uh, and he works you through the music theory without making you sound like an idiot. Uh, like here's a minor fourth, and that's what this means. And here's how he does this. Mm. The one with Nirvana was incredible because it, the whole the question he kept coming back to the whole way through was, did Kurt Cobain know he was making all of this happen when he wrote the song? No. He just knows it yeah. sounds good. Here's yeah. why it sounds good. Uh, and it's fascinating to me. Uh, just looking at some of the ones he's done before, just like a random assortment. He's done Queen of the, Queens of the Stone Age, Kansas, Boston, Peter Gabriel, Joni Mitchell, Green Day, Atlantis Morissette. Does he, do, he does one song or the whole artist or one, like a sampling? One song. Uh, so I know what, his, what Queen of the Stone Age, Stone Age song did he do? Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I can get it to tell me without playing in my ear. He did. Oh, that's okay. If it's not in the title. Ah, uh, no one knows. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, he does Blink-182. Uh, and again, like, mm-hmm. some of that's really great that it's bands that you would think are just, you know, four chords in the truth. He breaks down especially, like, melody lines that you don't necessarily think about how they're counter- uh, working against the chord progressions. And then he does all kinds mm. of other weird stuff, like what are the best one-hit wonders of the 90s, what are the best you know, uh, love songs from the 70s, stuff like that. So great YouTube channel. If you're into music or if you just want to be into music, like if you want to understand more of how these songs come together, 
it's a it's a really good channel to follow along to. Rick Beato at number what? eight. Rick Beato? How do you spell Beato? B-E-A-T-O. Nice. Like Beto. Well, <clears throat> I will shift. I also had a YouTube one. Oh. Um, and so I'll shift mine to my number eight. Two different YouTube channels. One um, that was inspired by yours. Um, there's a, a guy that I think it's called Mike the Snare. Like mm-hmm. M-I-C, the Snare. Um, and uh, he does a, a, a series called Deep Discog Dives. And Discog is like a, uh, a website that's like a like internet movie database for like filmography or uh, discography of stuff. And so he will take an artist and listen to each of their albums and in like 20 to 30 minutes, like run through and evaluate and pretty, he's got a good, he's like, I mean, probably in his late twenties, early thirties, like he's not super old. It's just like a guy who knows music. I think he studied music theory or something like that, but it's done really well. It's very entertaining and it's very brisk. And he does <clears throat> like a, a, uh, Radiohead, Taylor Swift, um, Bowie. I think he did the Beatles. Like he did, like artists that are that have really kind of compelling careers and have like over seven or eight albums. And uh, it's really neat to just kind of run through. And he's like, "Here's this," and he's like, "Well researched," and just again moves really quick and um, and a good uh, good analysis of of the record. So, deep discog dives uh, by Mike the Snare. Uh, just a series that's really fun. And then my my primary one for for YouTube is a YouTuber called Jenny Nicholson, and Jenny Nicholson is the best. Uh, she is it's just a woman who's probably I think she's about thirty, um, and she looks like she could be sixteen, and she will just sit and she just offers like commentary on a thing, and often it's Star Wars or like fandom type things, but it's Star Wars or Disney or other mm. kind of related stuff. And <clears throat> she like she breaks down all the Star Wars movies and it's really clever. And she's like, the first one starts off and she's just like, so I didn't really like the new Star Wars movie. And then just talks about it for two hours. Like that, <laughs> that kind of, and it's, but it's really well edited and really funny. And she's very clever. And she has like a great delivery and like a great attitude about it. She just, and she'll release a, uh, a new one like every six months because they're becoming more, even though it's just her, they're more insightful. And she just did one. There is a theme park in Utah called Evermore that was basically like, uh, like a Dungeons or like a, like a Dungeons and Dragons slash Renaissance Fair as a theme park. Um, but it's just so there's no rides. You just go there, and a story happens by all these like live action players that are interacting with you, and it's bizarre. She just released a video about it that's four hours long. Wow. And it is it's it is worth the four hours. Like it's not <laughs> and you wait you kind of watch it in chunks, but there's no point like, all right, get to it. Like it, it's and she she is very, very funny, very, very smart and clever. And just like what the best YouTube like I love that YouTube has evolved to a point that it that it's really good and highly produced, but it still has space for just a person talking to a camera. Yeah, like she's effectively vlogging, but she does it so well that it's really clever. She doesn't go really outside of the studio per se, and uh, it really, um, yeah, they're just really good. So, uh, Jenny Nicholson and Deep Discog Dive from Mike the Snare, uh, two YouTube channels that I, I really, really enjoy and have enjoyed a lot this year. Brilliant. Uh, number seven, uh, Jimmy broke my heart last week. 
with the uh, diss on the Obi-Wan because in the year of our Lord 2022, I have had an unashamed man crush on Ewan McGregor. Unashamed. Uh, Not just Obi-Wan, which I think was great, uh, but also I caught up on the Long Way, all three of the Long Way series, which are fantastic. Uh, Ewan McGregor and his buddy uh, Charlie take trips around the world and then up the coast and down it. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, And then I started going back and watching through some of his other movies. Uh, Big Fish. I forgot how much I enjoyed that movie. That's a good one. I haven't mm-hmm. been brave enough to hop back into Moulin Rouge yet, but the time will come. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that one holds up. We'll yeah. see. Well, I haven't. I haven't dove into it in a while, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, just straight up the the Scotsman himself, Ewan McGregor. What what need more be said? Uh, I, I'm all in on Ewan McGregor. Well, that segues nicely into my number seven, which is long way up, long yeah. way round, long way down. Oh, that was my number seven. So yeah. great. I love you, McGregor. That is my new comfort food is to watch because he's such a kind person like that. Yes, it is. I love when a celebrity is on like a reality show per se or like when you get them in a documentary show. Let's put it that way. That reveals their true character. Like that's one of the things about um, Conan O'Brien. I I loved Conan O'Brien. Still kind of like Conan O'Brien. But he they did a, a a documentary after he left his show before he went to TBS and it's called Conan O'Brien can't stop. And it was, and it was like a tour that he did and you watch it and he's like kind of a jerk and not a jerk, like, um, like a Hollywood jerk, but just like kind of a, he always has to be the funniest person in the room and he always has to be the center of attention, like a middle schooler. And, uh, so it, like you watch that and you're like, Oh, I don't, I think I like Conan O'Brien as much as I thought I did. And then you start to see kind of that desperation in him in other places. So, but you McGregor, on the other hand, is just so genuine and he gets frustrated and he gets, but he's just kind. And there's one point where they're, um, they go to, there's some place in South America and, and people recognize him. They're yeah. eating at a diner uh, or like a restaurant and, and people recognize him and they start to kind of crowd up by the door. And he says, that's okay because they recognize that he's Obi Wan Kenobi, and he's with his friend. They're ma- so this documentary series is he, his friend and he uh, love riding motorcycles, and so the first one they decide they want to ride motorcycles around the world, yep. and so they figure out the 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 best path to go the most way around the world by riding a motorcycle. They ride like through Europe and Russia, and like it's really it's incredible, and they did that in, like the mid '90s, late '90s, or no, right after he made in between Episode One and Episode Two. Yeah. So like 2000 is when this happened. It's amazing. It's on Apple Plus. Uh, but they had initially did it for like Discovery or something like that. And then they made another one called Long Way Down, where they started in Scotland and went all the way down to the bottom of Cape Horn, Africa. And that one's that one's also great. They made that maybe like 2003. And then right when Apple Plus launched, Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus. Uh, so about two, three years ago, they did the Long Way Up which they used electric, uh, fully electric um, motorcycles to do another trip where they started at the bottom of South Africa and or South America and drove all the way up to um, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. And that one's amazing and it's beautiful and it's like so good. Really, really. It's neat watching all three of them, but watch them in order because it get the cameras get better. And Uh so like the first ones are a little, the quality is, is good, but um, the the third one is just beautiful. You can just turn it on with the sound off, and it's amazing. Yeah. 
But anyway, he's at this cafe with his friend Charlie Borman, who also does the ride with him and the crew and stuff and everybody starts congregating so he just goes out and he's like okay let's just form a line over here so that people can still use that and he took pictures and smiled and was kind to everybody he also goes to Machu Picchu and like climbs up and is expected like gets there at like five in the morning and is trying to be the pastoral and having this nice like personal experience and then people start recognizing him on the thing and he's just kind to everybody and like takes time and signs pictures and like it's just a the like it really watching this stuff made me realize like he is one of my like person role models like be like you and McGregor if you can yeah um, so yeah long way up long way around long way down uh, my number seven so good number six I'm late to the game on this but uh, speaking of switching back and forth I had Apple Music for a little while I switched over to Spotify and could not be happier. Uh, not sponsored, not upset that they took down the one Taylor Swift episode. Did they take down the new one yet? <laughs> they, uh, no, because we didn't put any music in it. Okay, good. That's what good. they took it down. There was there was so much music. In it. So if you want to hear the Taylor, the original Taylor Swift episode, you got to go to Apple Podcasts or I think anything other than Spotify. Yeah, but Spotify doesn't have it anymore. But that's okay. I I. I even forgive them for that. Uh, it, 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 I love the curated playlist they have. It's a way better podcast experience than Apple Podcasts. Leaps and bounds better. Uh, and and I am excited for. We talked before we we started officially recording the what did he call the the year in review thing? Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, I I'm excited to see where this year has led me. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll do another episode on that coming soon. Yeah, we got we got plans for that. Nice. That's a that's a good that's a good number six. My my number six is Weird Al. Yes. Uh, Weird Al because this is the year of Weird Al, especially for me because he did uh, a, a, he had a tour that was called the the Return of the Ill Advised uh, Self Indulgent Vanity Tour, which is he uh, he did one of these right before the pandemic, where he decided to to take a tour where he wasn't doing any costume changes because his show I guess used to be lots of videos and costume changes and stuff like that. And he wasn't doing any of the costume changes, and he was only singing original songs. Because on every Weird Al song, every Weird Al album is like about half like straight parodies where it's copying a song, and then about half that are style parodies. Yeah. Where it's an original song, but it's like in the style of a band, but it's not identified as like this is like Blink One Eighty Two, but it just kind of sounds like that. He doesn't have a Blink One Eighty Two song, but like that kind of thing. So like Dare to be Stupid, uh, that song is a Devo song, but it's not a Devo song. Right. Um, so he in this tour, he didn't do any covers. It was only the originals. And so it's really like a deep dive for the, for the fans. So I was able to get tickets for me and my kids to go see Weird Al um, and because I never got to see him live and I really wanted to. And all my kids love Weird Al. And so it was really great. My daughter was sick, so she wasn't able to go, but we brought um, – uh, a friend to fill the spot, and it was it was great. It was just a great show. He's probably over sixty, and yeah, he still had say. energy. And it and he sounds great. The band sounds great. Everybody, they're just a bunch of old men up there. Uh, but it was a really really fun thing. And then coupled with that, that the movie Weird, the Al Yankovic story, was released. You can see it for free on Roku TV. Roku TV, which is like an app that you can get. Like it's one of those things. Like what is this? But it's free. Like legitimately free. You can just download it, watch the movie, and then get rid of the app. Um, but it's, it's great. It's like, I, I highly recommend it. It's a movie that should only work for about 10 minutes and it works for the entire movie. It knows exactly what it is. It is basically like walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, but weird Al, 
Uh, and it's basically, I mean, it's what he does. It's a parody of a biopic. It's so fun. Uh, just starring him. And uh, boy, Daniel Radcliffe is just the best ever. So, uh, and he'll come back a little bit later. But Daniel Radcliffe is amazing in that he should be nominated for everything. He's not going to be, but he should be. Yeah. Uh, so Weird Al is my number six. Awesome. My number five, uh, Tyler, I think you'll get this one right away. I don't know if the listeners will right off the bat, but Kevin Conroy. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The long time, long time Batman. voice of Batman uh, from the animated series. And once did a live action. He played Bruce Wayne in one of the CW's big crossovers, which was kind of a neat mm-hmm. head nod. Uh, he's the Batman of my childhood. Like, that's the... <laughs> The Batman animated series is, first of all, really, really great. Uh, it's the best version of Batman, and continues to it be still great. Still holds up, yeah, yeah. It, I, I when he he died, uh, what a week or so ago, uh, like a week ago, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went back and started rewatching the show just to be like, is this still nostalgia? Is this just how I flawless. feel? Flawless. It's, no, it's flawless. great. It's absolutely great. And yeah. I didn't realize either for the longest time that Mark Hamill's the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that blows my mind every time I hear the Joker on that show because it doesn't sound like Mark Hamill but man does a great job with it so R.I.P. Two-Face is Two-Face is Mr. Krabs no who is also the guard from Shawshank really yeah wow that's blowing my mind yeah yeah it's blowing my mind yeah pour one out rest in peace Kevin Conroy thanks for all the the dark dark night adventures Mm mm-hmm my number five is a podcast, uh, only available on Spotify, but highly recommended. It's a, it is a podcast that I think I mentioned before, but it's called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, mm. and it is great. Um, <clears throat> it is uh, really just one guy. Like, it's a music writer for The Ringer um, named Rob Harvilla who, who basically, like, reads an essay that kind of meanders, so that's why I like it, uh, about a specific song. Um, and then... Uh, halfway through then he brings in a guest and they talk about it and it's basically a 90s song that helps you to understand what the 90s were all about and they are um, so they did 60 of them and the show was so good that they decided to do 30 more but they're still calling it 60 songs and so it's like this is the 73rd song uh, in 60 songs (laughs) so they are about halfway through the second half of it and they said they're going to stop at 90 but like they, uh, I'm really glad they kept going because they keep doing ones and you're like, this was important, but you need to do this. And um, and like he still hasn't done a Nirvana episode. And he's like, you can tell he's going to do one, but he's like holding off. And it's just, it's really, really great. Um, it is, yeah, just it's fun to recapture. And some of them are songs that I was not familiar with, especially at the time growing up. Uh, like it's definitely his he's making the selections but he does a good job of, of bringing you into what's going on and just like really good uh, and just comforting it's a comforting show and it it it's a nice to have a show that has kind of a clear sense of what it is and where it's going and so um that it's nice that you want to spend 60 episodes with this you can yeah. that's my number my number five is 60 songs that explain the 90s my number four, I can't believe they've never made one of my Thanksgiving lists up till now. Uh, and I I am very grateful for them in so many ways. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, mm. beloved mm. hometown hockey team. Uh, so the two reasons they make the list as quickly as I can. One, for those of you that don't follow hockey or don't know Pittsburgh uh, well, a trio of outright superstars has been with our team for forever. Uh 
Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Sidney Crosby, who I think is one of the best players to ever, ever lace them up. To have one of those players would be incredible. We've had all three of them for 17 years, uh, which is just outstanding. But the other thing, I was talking to Sarah about this the other night. Pastors have a tendency to work way harder than we need to or work way more hours than we need to. Uh, mm. And I can tell when I am hitting the right balance of life when I have time to watch hockey. Uh, hockey's not a sport that you watch the replay of. Like, that's not an enjoyable experience. So, like, if I'm watching it, if I have time to come home and see a game, it means the balance is sorting itself out right. Um, and this mm. has been a good year to see a lot of good hockey. They're a middling team right now, but it's good to have, you know, an outlet. So, the Penguins, number four. Uh, my number four is something I talked about, but it's ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, That's going to be mean, great with been... the intro. Just filter mm-hmm. some of what we were talking oh, about yeah, earlier ASMR. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I think we talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but, like, ASMR yeah, is uh, – uh, I can't remember what it stands for. It's, like, audio sensory – yeah something um but it refers to like the tingly like feeling that you get if you've ever um uh gotten chills basically um either from a sound or something a lot of times it feels like um the feeling when someone rubs the back of your head very lightly or something like that Mm. um and a lot of people get it not everybody does get it but the videos online are uh, they, they run the gamut of super weird to like kind of normal, but it's a lot of times people talking softly to you. Like they pretend they're in a doctor's office and they're, and they're just like asking you stuff. So if you've ever gotten the sense of feeling good at like the doctor's office or uh, when they cut your hair or something like that. Um, and it's, uh, it's lovely and it's just a weird, I thought it was super weird. And then I started uh, I, I tried it out and I found uh, just different things that have been, they're really neat. And it's a good way to like calm down and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're weird, but, uh, but give them a shot. Um, some of them are super weird, which is someone like talking really closely like that. <laughs> but other ones are, are more interesting and kind of like, yeah, I always thought they were like creepy or something like that. But anyway, yeah. ASMR. Uh, uh, help me calm down or go to sleep if I can't get to sleep. Yeah. Number three, he had to show up somewhere. Absolutely had to. Ben Gibbard, uh, and particularly this year, the Death Cab for Cutie album, Asphalt Meadows. He's like John Ratzenberger. So you know John Ratzenberger is Cliff Clavin from uh, from Cheers. Everybody yeah. knows Cheers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's the guy who's the voice that's in – he's the voice of uh, Ham from Toy Story. Yeah. And he's in every single Pixar movie. Yeah. That's Ben Gibbard for your Thanksgiving. Yes, list. it's true. He always, he always makes an appearance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am a fan of bands that can reinvent themselves and not lose who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't give me the same album again, but give me not so experimental crazy that I, I want to drive off a clip. The new Death Cab album is incredible. Uh, particularly, I sent you one of the songs for your 43rd. Yeah. It yeah. is the most peaceful, tranquil thing I think I've ever come across. The song's called Fox Glove Through the Clear Cut. Yeah. It's kind of got a, what's the name of that band? The National Broadcast System or whoever, the people that speak over the music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got that vibe to it, but man, is it just so chill and peaceful. And I finally got mm-hmm. to see them in concert. So Ben Gibbard, Death Cab for Cutie, rocking number three. Love it. Love it. My number three 
is uh, the movie, which I think is the best movie I've seen in probably 10 years. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. It is amazing. Have you seen it yet? No. But I've seen oh, man. Like, you the have previews to see it. and yeah. Uh, yeah. This is just like the best movie I've seen in, uh, I mean, probably the last decade. Uh, it's just yeah, so yeah, yeah, completely yeah. original, so completely captivating and creative and really has meaning to it. Um, I cried a couple times in it. Uh, one of the times I cried was when two rocks are talking to each other. Uh, I don't want to explain any more than that because I don't want to uh, spoil anything. But uh, it basically centers around Michelle Yeoh, who is uh, who was a, a martial arts star. Oh my! And was in Super Cop was the first thing I saw, which is a Jackie Chan movie. She's also in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then she's continued to be in stuff. She was just in Crazy Rich Asians mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago. Um, so it was a huge international star, but has kind of been a not as most Asian stars do has never really fully been able to break in as a, as a full on star in America. And, uh, this movie really did it. And she plays basically an immigrant mother and her daughter and her husband. Uh, her husband is played by Ki Kwan, who is, uh, data from the Goonies Yeah, and he's amazing. And it, so it involves like alternate realities and, uh, like kind of matrix style, like Kung Fu and stuff like that. But then all this crazy, like, uh, it's so it's like a perfect movie and it's just bonkers mm-hmm. and out of the way. And it ultimately just gets down to love. Yes. And the, the Ki Kwan character's name is Waymond. Um, says something halfway through the movie that like brought me to tears because it was so uh, how I try to live my life, mm-hmm. which was um, basically just like uh, it's so hard to to care. Like I fight by caring about people uh, and it is just so um, it was so true. Like it's just such a, a wholesome, good movie. That's so weird. Uh, there's a lot of really weird stuff in it. Don't watch it with your parents kind of thing uh, yeah. or your kids, I guess. Uh, but yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Also kind of sub to that, the movie that the, the Daniels are the directors, these two guys named Daniel. So they both go by the Daniels. Uh, their movie before this is called Swiss Army Man. It's maybe the weirdest movie they've ever seen. And it's beautiful and stars the aforementioned Daniel Radcliffe as a corpse <laughs> that uh, is found up on the beach. And then he helps uh, Paul Dano to come back into society and it's beautiful and weird and uh, amazing definitely not for everybody but worth worth really going through uh the journey for that so swiss army man but even more so everything everywhere all at once number two uh recent development i'm sad that this has to make the list but it's here uh democracy i'm a fan Mm. uh Uh, especially what made me put this on the list was, you know, for a while there, a particular party in our country was refusing to concede elections and claiming things were stolen and fraudulent. And mm-hmm. my favorite part from the midterm elections was the night after Tim Ryan lost. Uh, Tim Ryan was a Democrat running in Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. He came out and gave a speech and the opening line was, in this country, it's an honor to be able to say, I lost this election. And it was just like, yeah. First of all, that's great. Second of all, I'm sad that that's great. Uh, yeah. That 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 didn't used to have to be something we applauded. Uh, you know, when you lose, you lose. That's part of what democracy looks like. Um, 
But yeah, going into the midterms, I was worried there would be more violence or tomfoolery or January 6th style stuff. And I was glad to see there was not, uh, that we actually, yeah. we actually righted the ship a little bit with a few yeah. notable exceptions, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number two is, and I don't know why necessarily, like, oh, because they had a channel, but my number two is Billy Joel. I have been like full on diving back into Billy Joel's records. Uh, they had a, a, a channel on XM that was the Billy Joel channel, and it was it was wonderful. So yeah, Billy Joel was the first concert that I ever saw when I was five years old. Uh, when I was a kid, Billy Joel and Michael Jackson were my two favorite artists. Uh, and I don't know why, like they so I think it's the 50th anniversary of Billy Joel's first record. Mm-hmm. Like his first one came out in '72, I think, and so. He had a channel on Sirius XM, and so I started listening to it. And they uh, they did a feature too, where they ran they would do a track by track every album that he did. He would comment on every song, and it was really captivating. I like stuff like that. Yes, because um, it's nice to hear what the artists sing, think about their songs. But it was neat to see like Billy Joel is just like a really good songwriter. Yeah, like he thinks of himself as a songwriter, and so many of his songs he's like uh, copying somebody else's singing style, like really trying to. And he just writes really good songs, like good melodies. They're very pretty and, and often telling stories. And just he's a, a good, um, yeah, just a, like has a, a really solid track record yeah. of albums that are really, really solid, really, really good, especially like his albums in the 70s and through like the right. mid-80s are like really, really good. Um, I did with him what I do with a lot of artists where I take all their albums and then I put them, uh, list them all alphabetically. And so listen to listen to their whole catalog alphabetically so that they're removed from a particular album and you get a better sense of their whole songwriting. The other interesting thing about Billy Joel is that he stopped writing any music in 1993 and has continued to be a touring artist ever since then. So he's never really left the mainstay, but he just said, I'm done writing songs. He never wrote another song, uh, which is crazy and kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Billy Joel. Highly recommend dive into the Billy Joel catalog. I would say, if you're going for specific albums, go for The Stranger or The Nylon Curtain, um, or uh, Turnstiles are probably uh, three of the three of the best to just like get some good deep tracks. His stuff in the '70s is like really, like he just goes really big. There's a lot of really dramatic songs, really big. Um, like the production's really interesting. Like he he apes a lot of different styles, so he kind of jumps all over the place. It's really 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 good. Um, the album "An Innocent Man" is all like basically aping a bunch of like doo wop and like '60s Motown stuff, but in a really interesting way. So yeah, I just uh, for whatever reason got into Billy Joel this year uh, again, and uh, would I, I'm very thankful for that. I'm not gonna lie, that one caught me by surprise. That one took me yeah uh, caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. No, he's great. My number one, drum roll. Like last year, we had the campfires. This one's a little bit of the personal touch. I am so delighted to be back in Pittsburgh Presbytery. Yeah. That's my number one. Uh, Not that there's anything against Washington Presbytery. It was a good time to be there. Uh, Got lots of good learning there. But uh, Tyler and I were together for my first Presbytery meeting back, which was hilarious because we realized it Mm -hmm. was the first Presbytery meeting back since, like, COVID lifted. So it was almost as if I never left. Like there's yeah, still where you were un, ununanimously elected back into the uh, I was going to bring that up that someone uh, 
when it came time to vote on welcoming me back, someone sitting next to me leaned over and said no, just so that I would know. I looked dead into your soul and said no. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. But yeah, some people in that meeting, when I walked back in, were like, oh, I didn't even know you were gone. Like, did you, was it, did you have a good time? Um, Brian Wallace is uh, the one of the execs of our presbytery. He was he said the other day it's like in uh, European soccer where they just loan players to other teams. Like I was on mm-hmm. loan for a little while, uh, mm-hmm. but bigger bigger than just the presbytery, it's to walk into a room full of friends that you get to work with. Uh, yeah. and, and I love that about our particular system of government. Not that there's anything wrong with anybody else's, but like the, the quality of people in that room is pretty high, uh, and mm-hmm. it's it's good mm-hmm. to be home. Very good mm, very to be much. home. Yeah. My number one. Uh, this is happy and sad, but it's pets. Mm. Um, yeah, this year we got a, a new kitten named Gordon. Uh, my son's been asking for a kitten. I, I had two cats, and uh, I think two cats is just enough. I think three is weird and too much. Uh, yeah. He had been asking, so we got three. But we have two cats again now because my cat Hobbs suddenly died. That's the worst. Last week. And he, get, he wasn't sick at all, and then he got sick, and then he was dead uh, a week later. Yeah. So uh, our new guy is Gordon. Uh, he is a fluffy little kitten that is very, very sweet, and he's got a lot of energy. It was very sweet when my son picked him out. There were several kittens there, and we were down to two. And he's like, this guy seems more playful, this other cat, but then this one seems more snuggly. And that was... And he wanted to name him Gordon after a character from Half-Life. Um, yeah, so Gordon came in, and we had those three cats for a little bit. And then Hobbs, uh, my cat, who was only seven years old. And so cats, especially in in the, like indoor cats, can live 20 years. So I think you can count on at least like 12 yeah. to 15 years is a, is a good like that's what you should expect if you if you're like thinking of the warranty on a cat like you should get a good it's like a washer or dryer you should get a good 10 to 15 years out of a cat so Hobbs feels like he's been around forever but really um uh seven years is is not very much and I didn't realize that until after he after he died so Mm -hmm. he uh was doing great and he was like especially in the last two years this is kind of becoming a theme of this year uh, really was like a therapy cat for me. He was always kind of with me. He had always been a cat that wouldn't, it wasn't a lap cat. Mm. He was around, he's a big orange and white cat. And he, um, he was like there and had a lot of personality, but he was never like a snuggly cat. Um, mm. But in the last two years, he's always, uh, when I'm home, he's always in the same room with me and he would sit beside me and slowly, but surely he became a lap cat and he would come and sit on my lap and he's always purring, he's always happy. And he became he was kind of a skittish cat before and became like just the sweetest, nicest, happy cat yeah. in the last two years. And, um, would come into the kitchen and just meow at me because he just wanted to be picked up and you could hug him, like squeeze him really. He was kind of a big cat. And so he would like, uh, put his hands on your shoulders and he would just want like a hug. Like he was a cat that like being like, you pet him really hard, like really rough. And he just liked it. He was a very nice cat. So yeah, he just got sick and just died. Um, and I took him to the vet, and they were like, oh, it's this. And they gave him some medication, and it didn't get any better. And um, I took him back in a couple of days later, and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. We can put him down, and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was very hard, but it is uh, recognizing that uh, how much I really appreciate having pets. Like, the, even though... 
they're expensive and it's hard to to go through that that it's so much worth it like the seven years that he was around uh really had an impact and especially these last two mm-hmm. um my it would it would have been much harder without without these cats and just pets in general and so yeah a big um it, it is very hard and, and especially when you lose a pet you don't know how to feel about it because mm-hmm. for people who don't have pets it seems like oh yeah i lost a jacket that i really love like it seems like an object that you yeah. appreciate that you lost and so they relate to it like that but uh, and then some people are really dramatic it's like i lost my baby and it's like no they're not babies but they are part they're our friends they're part of our family and so it hurts more than you think it's going to um and in ways that that is hard to really share with people. You you had said to me once when my dogs were dying, like I think you had a dog pass away and then we had two dogs die. And like as my first dog was dying, you said, I knew how hard it was gonna hit me and it hit me harder than that. Yeah. And like and then as my dogs were dying, I was like, shoot, I even had advanced warning about this. Like it Yeah. It's kind of gutting to to lose a pet like that, you know? Well and the, and I mean so the the big thing is like what I'm just so happy to have had him in my life and like happy to have these little animals that they, they make such a huge difference and yeah. it makes you see the world differently. Yeah. So pets, pets, my number one. Well, I highly recommend that we all go get fat on Thanksgiving dinner. Now that was, you Indeed. know, yeah, it was good times. Yeah. Or, de- or depending on when you hear this, uh, have some leftovers, you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully pre leftovers, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Twitter question for the week: What are you thankful for? Um, and also, like, what do you? What's your Thanksgiving plan? What are you eating? What's the best Thanksgiving stuff? Those general stuff like that. It's a good week to be thankful and uh, thankful for the show. Thankful for all you who listen to this show. Uh, we kind of started the show just for on a whim, and people seem to really like it. Even when we go away for a little bit and come back, people still listen. So, thank you all very much for listening to this. Tell other people about it. We'd love for the show to get bigger and. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I was gonna say, like, there's nothing to plug because the whole episode is a whole bunch of us plugging stuff, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all set there. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Listen to earlier for our plugs. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, but have a great and happy Thanksgiving, and and get ready for Advent, everybody. But yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see you soon on the next episode. But I'm Tyler. I'm Jay. And this has been Rubbing the Pastor. Bye. All right. See you, everybody. See you, friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, I looked at these first, and there are some very funny things to recognize about this. Yeah. 2019 for me. Yeah, Number yeah, 10, yeah, yeah. the movie Blackbeard's Ghost. It's a Disney movie from 1968. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. I, I still love it. It's probably one of the movies I've watched the most. I will just throw it on when I, uh, I'm tired. I don't know. I can't speak objectively for it 
because I it's so ingrained in who I am that it's one of those movies that's like I grew up, I don't know if it's a good movie. I honestly don't know. Uh, number nine was Justin Scard and Adam the Woo, who are two YouTube guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two YouTube channels, they do Disney stuff and travel stuff, and they're just really good. Uh, number eight was 21 Chump Street, the musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. He did it like a 20-minute musical for uh, for uh, This American Life on NPR. It's the most meta or like nerdy uh, deep dive thing. Uh, it's great. Uh, number seven was Mickey Mouse cartoons that were on YouTube. They're now on Disney Plus as well, but like mm-hmm. specifically the newer ones that they were making in the uh, mid-teens, 20-teens. Uh, number six was Disney Plus. That it had just come out. Yeah. Uh, number five was the Anthropocene Reviewed Podcast. I missed number that Number four podcast. was this... Oh, it's so great. Uh, number five... Or number four was the show Gravity Falls, which is one of the best shows ever made. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. It's a kid's show, but it's not just for kids. You should watch it. Number three was Slow TV, like the watching trains for 20 hours. Uh, <clears throat> Number two was Pokemon Go, which was old at that point, but still I was getting back into it. And number one uh, was the Nintendo Switch for me in 2019. My 2019 uh, went a little meta in some places. I uh, Number 10 was the skip intro button, famous on all uh, uh, streaming services. Number nine, I had YouTube in general, but then I listed Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, Seth Spike Hacks, still some of my favorite mm-hmm. channels. Uh, the West Wing specifically the episode about time zones uh futurama's episode godfellas here's where some funny things happen uh newspapers on ipad we'll come back to that Mm -hmm. momentarily the Mm -hmm. dirtbag diaries podcast still listen to that that's great disney plus is at number three future forestry's light has come ep which i just uh, this morning driving in i was like i should listen to that again because it's a good uh christmas album and then number mm. one, just to really line things up, because we were, was this back when we were doing the cohort? Because number one was Seminary Books yeah. on oh, Audiobook. Yeah. yeah. We had just started it. Yeah. Yeah. So getting those on audio was was happy, happy times. Uh, my 2020 list, my number 10 was Up First Podcast on NPR. My number nine was the movie I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I forgot about that movie. That movie's great. It's super weird. Uh, number eight was the album Switched on Bach. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, number six, did I give you a copy of that? Switch on Bach? No. Yeah. Oh, man. I have a copy to give you at some point. I, every time I see a copy, I buy it because uh, <laughs> it's always in the dollar bins, but it's great. Uh, it's a Moog record, uh, like electronic music, but from 1968. Um, and it's just uh, by Wendy Carlos. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, seven is the show Adventure Time, best show ever made. One of, one of the top five, along with uh, Gravity Falls. Uh, number six was the podcast Wicked Game, Omnibus, and the Worst Idea of All Time, where they just watch Grown Ups 2 every single week for a year. <laughs> uh, not Grown Ups 1. They had not seen Grown Ups 1. That's the best yeah. part about the podcast. It's just two uh, New Zealand comedians who just watch it every week and talk about it every week. And that sounds hilarious. That sounds roughly like watching uh, Sex in the City 2 without having ever they, seen The second season, they watch Sex in the City 2 uh, and they do that every single week. You, should, you would commiserate with them. Yeah. Uh, number five was new clothes. I had just lost all the weight uh, at that point. Uh, I'd lost about 60 pounds, which was great. Uh, and so I got a bunch of new clothes from Goodfellow and Target and Patagonia. 
I, that's when I'd schemed them into giving me way cheaper jackets yeah. uh, accidentally, but those jackets are now too big for me. Number four was Mr. Science Theater 3000. Number three was the game Sea of Thieves, which is fantastic. Number two, National Parks, which are still always in my top ten. Uh, and number one was the Fresh Prince reunion. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know how we all love Will Smith? <laughs> oh, yeah. What a, what a time. What a t- <laughs> He can yeah. do no wrong, that guy. Yeah. America's sweetheart. For, for, for a time. Everything has a season. Number mm-hmm. 10, I dove in on the Tiger King. Everybody did on the pandemic. I regret it horribly. That age, that age like, a, like an ice cream cone, that <laughs> one. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Uh, oh, man. Audiobook of A Promised Land by Barack Obama. That's still mm-hmm. a great book. Uh, I bought a PlayStation 4. I think that was shortly after our episode on video games. Uh, I picked that mm-hmm. up, and I still play it. The Mandalorian, which aged like, I don't know, Attorney Edgar Snyder. Like, that show is still great. Uh, that man doesn't age. He's a vampire. If you're really outside doesn't. of Pittsburgh, you don't know what we're talking about, but that man does not age at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number six, Zoom, because, you know, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, Ben Gibbard, specifically the Zoom concerts that he did. Those mm-hmm. were fantastic. Uh, number four, Dr. Anthony Fauci, give it up. Uh, helping us stay alive. Number three, Aaron Sorkin, still my favorite screenwriter of all time. Uh, arguably the writer of the, well, writer of the arguably best uh, movie of the 20s or 2010s, Social Network. Shout out, Jimmy. Mm. Uh, Knives Out, fantastic film. And Hamilton, which I had made it all the way through my adult life until 2020 before I ever heard or saw Hamilton. So. Man. That was a that was a great year in my life. Uh, my 2021 list, which was last year, was 10. The vaccine, because yes. uh, it's weird to remember a time when we couldn't do things with the freedom that we do right now. Like, yeah, the, it all seems like. I was just thinking the other day. Remember when there was no toilet paper? Yeah, that's wild. Like I can barely remember that. And and then then there was no hand sanitizer, and we right. had to have that like real janky hand sanitizer that smelled like rotten fruit. Yeah. Um, Wild. If you spent any time Lysoling your Amazon packages, like that's, oh, we, yeah. we were in a weird yeah. place, you know. Yeah, we wash the doorknobs all the time. Yeah, it was, I mean, probably stuff we should do more than we than we do now. But yeah. anyway, uh, so uh, vaccines, Monty Python Flux, the card game Flux, which is just the best game ever. Uh, Night Court, oh, Night Court, Tyler, raring his head right here in 2021. Night Court was my number eight. Uh, Tuesdays with Bowie was my number seven, which I listened to David Bowie. I made a, a, a goal of mine to uh, listen to David Bowie every Tuesday. Uh, uh, David Bowie record. Uh, the New York Times crossword was my number six. Mm-hmm. Ken's Steakhouse Ranch, the ranch dressing, which is the best ranch dressing, uh, was my number five. Uh, number four was AirPods in that quick pro because I just gotten those mm-hmm. and they gave me AirPods for free. Number three was Good Christian Fun Podcast, yeah. which is fantastic. Still, Still even even better now than it, than it was before. Uh, number two was Playlists in Airports. I, I don't n- know what that was. I guess listening to Playlists in Airports. I was doing a lot of flying by that point. I was not Nightcore Tyler at that point. I was doing a lot of traveling <laughs> to Los Angeles. Uh, and um, number one was the song Don't Lose Sight, the acoustic video by the band. Lawrence, Great song. Uh, I went through number 10, Masks. Uh, vaccines was number nine. Series Shortcuts, which I used for a hot minute and stopped using. 
Uh, number seven, YouTube, specifically the channel, and I still love this guy, Ryan Van Duzer, uh, just a total goofball out of Colorado that goes on big bikepacking adventures. Uh, new music from Friends, Middle Kids, Today We're the Greatest. Uh, number five, my beloved per Poseidon Redwood bike named Percy. Uh, still love that bike to death. Marvel on TV on Disney Plus, the WandaVision, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, we're all coming out then. It has precipitously declined since, with the exception of She-Hulk. She-Hulk's pretty great. Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso, which, for yep. the record, where's my season three? Uh, it should have it's been coming, here man. by now. Yeah. No, it's coming. It'll come, uh, I think, in December. Okay. I hope. I'm, I'm desperate. That's the last season. I know. Last season. I know. Which is great. Shows that go mm -hmm. on way too long, terrible. Like, if you know how mm -hmm. to end it, just end it. Mm -hmm. um, tattoos, because I got a lot of tattoos that year. Uh, and then, really did. I like this mm -hmm. one, number one, Fire Pits. Because uh, you and I, mm -hmm. during Nightcore Tyler time, spent quite a bit of time around my ch chintzy little backyard fire pit. Uh, mm -hmm. discussing the issues of the day and those were lovely discussions lovely lovely and and post nightcore tyler like they, they've been yeah really it's been great it's it's a good place for your long long form conversations there you go yeah let's start over okay <laughs> why it was going so well oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kid you're gonna have a blast editing this later <sighs> that's why i want to start over i don't want to have to sift through all this <laughs> anyway that's a good episode i like it thank you yeah good stuff see you, see ya